morning, everybody. I, man, I love water baptism Sunday. Anybody remember when you got water baptized? Come on, that's just three people. Well, praise the Lord. That didn't go over too big, but, you know, that's okay. Uh, wow, what a great, great uh, uh, outward show of an inward work. It's just, it's just beautiful. Um, we're glad we were gone last week. Took a little week off and glad to be back. We didn't know what to do on Sunday morning. Come on, we've been in church for about, you know, all of our married life, and so... It's a little struggle when, we don't, when we're not preaching on a Sunday. It's like, what do you do? So we just kind of hung out a little bit and went to go have brunch. And then like, dear God, we, I, we should have gone to church. You know, but, but anyway, uh, glad to be back. Mario killed it last week. Come on, give it up for Mario. Killed it last week. Yeah, just awesome. Uh, Jim Gwynn is back from Africa. Come on, give it up for Jim and Olivia. They were in Africa for two and a half weeks and signs, wonders, and miracles. I mean, just you talk to Jim and your heart will just get large concerning what's going on in foreign soils and foreign countries. He didn't get eaten by a lion or killed by a wildebeest or stabbed by a Masai or whatever, those, whatever that tribe was. How do you say it? Maasai, Maasai, okay, praise the Lord. Other thing, one other quick thing before we jump into the Word, watching online right now is a couple in our church called Luis and Sofia Martinez. Listen, Luis Martinez was diagnosed with COVID and it went, it went awful like some of us have experienced and some friends that um, uh, are no longer with us. Luis was diagnosed with COVID and wound up in the hospital in August of 2021. Um, the doctors thought he was going to die on multiple occasions. Uh, Sophia and their family and many in our church, and uh, we, we prayed, we fasted, we, we pleaded with God, and God heard our prayer. Luis came home from the, from the hospital and from long-term care this past Monday. Come on, everybody. Can we just say praise God? Come on, everybody. Just hallelujah to God who still heals. Come on, church. Come on, Luis. We celebrate. Come on, he's good. He's good. He's faithful. He's reliable. He's dependable. He's trustworthy. You know, there's things that go on that we can't figure out, but then there's things that we just see the goodness of God. And so our response is to praise him and to thank him in it all. Amen. In life and death. He's faithful. He's faithful. Hey, I'm excited for the next several weeks. I'm going to be teaching a new series called Hearing God. There is a, a ongoing, a regular question that I get asked consistently uh, as a pastor. It's been happening. We've been, Kimber and I have been three, over three decades in pastoral ministry. Started out as a youth pastor and then pastoral ministry for over three decades. And I regularly get this question, how do I hear God? Or, 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 or I can't hear God. I've never heard God. What I want to do for the next several weeks is, is talk about this. And my, my goal, my desire, my, my ambition, my hope is that when we leave this series is that, number one, you're going to start hearing God Amen. for yourself personally. Um, I, I was just thinking about the series and, and, and kind of was drawn to the thought of, of what we all probably know in the room as, as, as parents and teenagers and probably, you know, college-age students probably un understand this now, is that when doctors tell us that an unborn infant at about 18 months old can begin hearing the heartbeat and begin hearing and noticing sounds from their mother. At about six to seven months, what they tell us is that the baby 
inside the mother's womb can actually be calmed by hearing the voice of the mother or the father. I don't know how you were when your kids, when, you, when your wife or your, 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 your wife was pregnant, but I remember our firstborn, Michael, who's almost 30, he'll be 35 in three weeks. Uh, but I remember going back uh, when Kimberly was pregnant, and, and, and Michael's a big boy, and her stomach was, you know, huge, and, and uh, you know, he came out 8'6", and dear Lord. Uh, uh, but I remember at, at night, especially, when she would lay on her back, and I don't know how you treated your child, but I'm kind of a little bit antagonistic, and so, uh, you know, his leg would start moving, or his elbow, and Kimberly would say, there's his elbow, and go across, and so when the elbow moved, I pushed. Come on, somebody. I just want to get a little push in there, and I just tell him, I tell Michael, this is your dad. I love you. I can't wait to see you. I'm going to wrestle with you all the days of your life. Uh, you know, I mean, in a good way. Uh, we, we love you. God's got, we started, we, we, we would read the scriptures to our children in the womb because we understood that they could hear our voice. If a prenatal baby can hear the voice from another realm or another dimension, you were meant to hear the voice of your father. Whether you have or you haven't up until now, I am trusting you could leave this service today and tonight start hearing the voice of the Father God. Listen to me. It is your right. It is your privilege. It is, your, it is the necessity that you need to navigate in this world to hear and ascertain and understand the voice of God. All through the scriptures, we have instance after instance where people, of course, you would, you would pr probably back up or push back with me saying, well, Gary, you know, I read the Old Testament and, and, and God's talking from heaven or, or there's, an, a, there, there's a voice coming out of a burning bush. And, and, and we'll talk about all that stuff during this series about what God's and how God's going to speak to you now in this new dispensation. That's the old covenant. We are now people of a new covenant. What God did then, he's not necessarily doing now, but he's still talking to you and me. Can I get a better amen in the room? The first place kids should hear the voice of God is through the word of God being taught in the home by the parent or the parents. Next week, we're going to have a child dedication. And really, it's almost, for me, tongue-in-cheek, if you will. It's really not child dedication. It's parent dedication. That now, parents, we're putting you on blast. This is your child made in the image and the likeness of God, loaned to you by God to teach and to train and to speak to them and to lead them and guide them and direct them in the things of the Lord. The first place that your kids should learn to hear the voice of God is through the word of God being taught, not in church, not in Christian school. Come on, somebody in the home. It's got to be a top priority. Again, looking back at our, what we did, and again, life was a whole lot simpler. You know, when we first started having kids living in a small town, in British Columbia, Canada, where the town rolled up and shut down at 6 p.m. at night. 
as a pastor regularly, almost every night, every night I could. If we had night meetings, I would always make them after a dinner time with the family. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how we did it, but we've got four children, but the dinner time for us was the time that we talked about the day, we discussed things that were going on, and we talked about the word, and we prayed the word over our kids. We did that, of course, in the morning before they went to school, at, at bedtime before they came home, and, and, and they heard the word of God, not from a pastor, not from Kimberly as, as, as a position in the church. They heard the word of God from us as parents that it is our responsibility to speak the word of God over their life so they would begin ascertaining for themselves what God could be speaking to them in the future. The, the book of Proverbs says to kids, all through Proverbs, the first couple chapters, it says, hear the instruction and counsel and the teaching of your parents. It's a direction that we need to then tell our kids, teach our kids, that they need to hear the direction from me as a dad, from her as a mom, that you need to listen to us as we speak and tell you and teach you in the ways of God. This isn't just listen to us and we're doing something different. Now my life has to be directed towards God. They're going to follow you. Come on, the big duck is going to, the little duck is going to follow the big duck. And so we have to have a life that's directed towards God ourselves if our kids are ever going to hear the word of God. The word of God is the voice of God, and what we find out, it's going to bring the wisdom of God to our children. Again, the word of God is the voice of God. The written word of God is the voice of God. And it then, Proverbs says, is going to bring the wisdom of God to your kids, and it's going to bring the wisdom of God to you. So the Word of God has got to be preeminent in our lives. It can't be something that we're looking around going, where's my Bible? I haven't seen my Bible in months. Has, has any... No, 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 no. I need to have a familiarity with the Word of God. I need, to know, I need to know where some books in the Bible are. After I've been serving God for five years, I gotta be able to find out certain key scriptures that God's speaking to me about. I gotta be able to digest, ingest, and then give out that word to somebody else, namely, as we're speaking right now, beginning this series, to my own children. How can I expect my children to hear God and love God if I don't myself? So parents in the room, caregivers in the room, Growing adults, teenagers, and young adults in the room, make the Word of God the priority of your life. Can I get an amen, everybody? Now, it's interesting when you read the book of Proverbs, because I found it, I found it interesting going back and just looking at a broad, you know, the, the 30,000 foot view concerning Solomon. Is that Solomon, who wrote Proverbs, tells us that wisdom does not come by experience. Experience. He goes on and he tells us throughout the book that experience can become an effective teacher, but listen to me. Solomon is trying to persuade us to hear wisdom before we have bad experience. 
How many times have you heard somebody say, well, you know, I went through this and at least I got some experience and I won't do that again. That's okay. But Solomon rewrites the script and Solomon says, if you will hear the wisdom from the word of God, you won't need that bad experience to go through. I don't want my kids to get addicted to drugs. I, I, I don't want my kids to, to be sleeping around from bed to bed. I, I don't want my kids to go through life stressed and anxious and afraid and nervous. And I don't want my... I'm going to have to teach them the wisdom of God that will keep them from a negative experience. Come on, let's clap a little bit there. Yeah. So come on, let me give you three bullet points real quick. Hearing the biblical truths of wisdom majors on prevention. Prevention. I want to hear the word of God so I don't lose my mind and go jump in the bed with another woman. I want to hear the wisdom of the word of God that tells me how I can go through a very challenging situation and still serve God. There's a, there, uh, there's a gal that got baptized today. I don't want to point her out. But about 10 weeks ago, she lost her husband. She lost her husband. Married just months. And she says, I'm going to take a next step of obedience. Listen, that, that, I could sit here. That, that rocks my world. So listen, there is nothing you can go through that if you've got the wisdom of God, that he won't allow you to navigate it and come out through it successfully. There's nothing. There's nothing. But the wisdom of God is going to speak to you and me about prevention. I don't have to go that way. I, I, I'm going to listen. I've, I've, I've got to, we'll talk about this, but I've got, I, I've got an uncertainty in me about doing that, about saying that, about being connected with that person, about taking that job, about, about going there. I, I've, got, I've got an uneasiness. That will be, as we'll talk in weeks ahead, the person of the Holy Spirit inside your spirit warning you to just pump the brakes in that area. Prevention. Everybody say prevention. Next Wisdom comes from actively hearing, actively hearing, memorizing and acting on the word of God. All three. The wisdom of God, Proverbs tells us, is going to come from actively hearing, having an ear to hear, having an ear to hear what God's saying. All throughout the seven churches in the book of Revelation in chapter 2 and 3, the Spirit of God said the same thing to, the three, to those seven churches, three of the same things. One of those three was this. He who has an ear to hear, come on church people, let him hear. Let him hear. You got an ear to hear? Let him hear. There are some people that don't want to hear. We're living in a nation now that they don't want to hear truth. We're living in a very divided, even if it's true, they do not want to hear it because it might, might make them feel a little bit uneasy. Listen to me. The word of God is going to get you uneasy. Wisdom comes from actively hearing, but then also memorizing, where I can recall. Not just memorizing two plus two, but it's deep within you and me. Meditating the Word of God might be a better word. And then I've got to act on the Word of God. Wisdom will lead us and lead our children in a way to act on the Word of God. The Scripture says when there's two ways to go, wisdom inside you will lead you on the right path. So you and I won't have bad 
experience. And lastly, before we read a scripture, wisdom is a matter. It's a matter of knowing, of knowing which voice and what words to listen to. The scripture says there's many voices in the world. Many voices and all with significance. But wisdom is a matter of knowing what voice I need to listen to. We know from scripture, listen to me, there's a voice from heaven, God's voice. We know that there's a voice, fleshly voice, or a carnal voice even in our own life, carnality. And we know that there is a demonic voice that we need to avoid at all costs. But if I'm not surrendered to God, if I'm constantly, if, if I'm uncertain, if I'm not all in, my carnality, my fleshliness, my own wants and desires and ambitions and, and lusts and greed and desires that don't line up with the Word of God will override the Word that I might know in my life and will lead me to a place of destruction and bitterness when at the end I should have just listened to the voice of God. Should have listened to the word of God. Should have listened to the counsel of God. So the wisdom of God is going to talk to you and I about what voices to hear and what is very important. Years ago, I've told this story before, but when Brittany, who's our host, come on, prettiest girl in the room next to my wife, uh, man, uh, uh, just a great job up here. Wow. Come on, Tony, you got it made. Come on, what a son-in-law. Tony, you got it made, man. I tell my grandkids, my granddaughters all the time, I, I, this is a joke at the house, if I didn't marry, if I didn't marry Umma or Jima, I would have married you, you know? And they're kind of like, that's weird, how can you do that? Like, eh. anyway. But I remember when Brittany was born, she was this little teeny girl, she was so small, and this was in Canada, our church, you know, I, I was up on the, uh, on the stage, I was preaching or, or exhorting, doing something, she was back in the back. And one of, the, one of the, 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 our volunteers was holding her, because Kimberly was up on the stage, I think, singing or something. And Brittany heard my voice. She was just a small little girl. And I remember it. It caught my attention. And she began looking, turning her neck around to hear, where's her dad? Where's her dad? And again, we know what I just spoke to you a moment ago about how infants can hear the voices from their parents while they're even still in the, in the womb. How... I want to be, and my prayer for you and me is that whenever we're anywhere in life, it's like, Father, I hear your voice. I'm listening to your voice concerning business. I'm listening to your voice concerning relationships. I'm, I'm listening to your voice about what school I should apply to because God will lead you and guide you and direct you only in a way of success. Can you say amen? amen. Colossians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4. Read this with me. Look at this on the scripture. Great, great scripture. Notice what it says. It says, in whom, meaning in Christ, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Read that next verse. It says, now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive, here's some different translation, convincing, clever, enticing, or reasonable words. Reasonable words. Paul says, listen, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He's everything you need. You don't need him and something else. I, I, I'm concerned lest there be another voice that would try to deceive or, or, or persuade you. Or, or be real clever, or, or entice you, and it's just reasonable. 
It's just reasonable. Now, there's some crazy stuff going on in our generation right now that you just go, that is not, that, that is not clever. That's not convincing. That's not persuasive. That's just plain old, that's just stupid. Like, 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 like I, I love Apple products. I got an Apple phone. I got an iPhone. I got a MacBook. I love it. It's really cool. But, but, but all of a sudden on the App Store now, they got, they got a, a little emoji now that, that they've got pregnant women, but they got pregnant men. They got a man, they, they got a man with a womb. And you can put that emoji out there like, hey, man, what a boom. I, I don't know where that fits anywhere in, in, in my discussions. But the culture, the culture will lead you towards a place of unreasonableness, unre- just cleverness, just curiosity. And, and let's just, just set it out. It's not okay for a little boy to wear a dress. It's just not. It's just not. Well, we're going to let them express themselves and it's just, no, 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 no. That is not the wisdom of God. That is not the wisdom of God. That is not the voice of God. That is not how your son will know God to identify with somebody or identify with another sex, another gender. So I've got to come back to the word of God, that the word of God is right. The word of God is truth. The word of God is sure. The word of God is is steadfast. The word of God is eternal. Come on, everybody. Let's clap if we're going to clap a little bit. So forgive me for drilling down. We're going to have a child dedication next week. So this is for all the child dedication folks. God's word is God's wisdom and God's word is God's voice. I don't hear God. I can't hear God. Okay. Let me ask you a question. How much time are you reading the word of God? I don't have time. Ho, 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 ho. When do you get up? When do you go to bed? How much free time do you have? How much Netflix, Hulu, HBO, IG, Facebook, WhatsApp, TikTok. Listen, listen. You got time. I need to hear the voice of God. God's word is God's wisdom, and God's word is God's voice. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 and 7. Notice this from the Old Testament. God tells Moses that Moses needs to tell the people of God this. He tells them this in, in, in verse 6. It goes on a little bit long, but this is the, the part I want to get to you. He says, these words which I command you. Come on, let me say command you. This isn't a suggestion. A command. I'm commanding you today. Look at this. These words have got to be somewhere, not in your mind. Not in your mind. It's not a mental thing. These words have got to be, read it out with me, in your heart. Come on, next word. Next verse. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Again, how are you going to teach something to your kids unless you know it yourself? You got to teach them diligently to your children. You got to talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you're driving down the road, when you lie down, when you put them to bed, when you put them in their nap. And when they rise up, the word of God has got to be continually in our life, around our family, from the time they wake up 
to the time they go to bed, that when they leave the house, you as a parent will be able to say, before God, I taught my kids the word of God. Come on, amen, everybody. Teaching the word of God means you're reading the word of God out loud. You're saying these words so your kids can hear these words. I believe we as parents need to teach the word of God, speak about, there's so many ways, man, we, there, there's YouTube stuff, there's kids dancing word of dancing stuff. We put, with our grandkids, we put, we put different churches that have worship experiences for kids on the TV, you know, got a 60 inch TV, which is cool, and we put it on there, and they're in the living room, and they're dancing around to worship music. Come on somebody, there's all kinds of things you can do. Teach the Word of God. Make it obvious. Make it authentic. Be consistent in your daily conversations with your kids. If you're married, talk the Word with your spouse. Pray with your spouse. Kimberly and I, our, our, our setup is a little bit different, so I'm not the guy that says, if you're going to have a healthy marriage, you need to read the Word with your spouse. Yeah, okay, if it fits for you, do it. It doesn't fit our schedule. I'm up really early. She's up a little bit late. I'm up generally at 4.30 praying and getting the Word. That's my time. She's a little bit late. So I would be frustrated if I said, honey, where you at? How many of y'all ever got, want to try to get in the Word and you mad before you got in the Word? Come on, son. Somebody. Where's my wife? Where's my husband? No, no, no. Listen, just get in your routine, but make the word of God part of your deal as a couple. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So the beauty of this, listen, is as your kids hear the word of God through your voice, the ears of their heart are going to begin to ascertain the word of God for themselves as they hear the word of God through your voice, they're going to be able to ascertain the word of God for themselves. God came to Solomon. Again, we talked about him in the book of Proverbs that he wrote. The Bible calls him the, the wisest man in the world. God came to him in a dream, and God asked him this blanket question. It's crazy. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Stop, pump the brakes a second. What would you do tonight if you woke up and Jesus is standing at the foot of your bed and he said, what do you want me to do for you? You got anything you'd say? Uh, uh, I just want some tires on the truck. Uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just thinking about carne asada fries. How many of y'all thinking about that right now? Come on. No, help me, Lord. <laughs> Hey, hang around after church. I think we've got some paletta ice cream or something like that. Good snacks out there. So hang around with us after service. Uh, but, but he says, you know, what do you want me to give you? And, and, and he goes on. And Solomon says, you know, God, you, you've been so good to my dad, David, King David. And, and man, you've been so kind to me. And you, you've, you've called me to lead this great nation. And then he asks this, or he says this back to God. He says in 1 Kings 3, check this out. Here's what I want. Give me a God-listening heart so I can lead your people well and I can discern the difference between good and evil. The thing that was on his heart, the thing that was on his life. Father, give me a God-listening heart 
that I can lead. I can be the husband you want me to be. I can be the wife. You, I can be the college student you want me to be. That I can be used, as we heard the testimony from so many in the, in the baptism today, I want to I be used by God to lead other people to Jesus. That's a God-honoring thought. I, I, I want God to work something deep within me. Lord, I'm praying that you give me a God-listening heart, that I'd be able to discern what's good and evil, what's moral and immoral, what's, what, what's God and what's ungodly, what's, what, what's right and what's wrong. Father, give me, give me a God-listening heart. I think every, I'll say this just blanket statement, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think that every bad decision I've made in my life was because I didn't listen to God. Every bad decision I made in my life was that I listened to somebody that they might have heard God and I hooked my thing up with them. Or somehow, some way, they told me about something that sounded real good but wasn't real God. You and I have the capacity to hear God ourselves. Give me a God-listening heart. Come on, let's drill down with that in a few minutes before we close, or I don't know how long we're going to go today. Come on, I'm thinking 2 o'clock. Is that, y'all feeling that? That was a nervous laugh. I heard, <laughs> I'm pumped. I'm with you. Check it out. Different translations say this. G give me a God-listening heart. A God-listening heart. Give me a hearing heart. Check it out. A hearing heart. Give me an understanding heart. Give me a discerning heart. Uh, so can, can, we, can we make this a prayer, church, today? Everybody, let's just pray this. Father God, give me a God-listening heart. A hearing heart. An understanding heart. And a discerning heart. Yeah. In the original language that this was written in, back in you know, Old Testament, Hebrew, different translations, and they break down those words. Here's what it actually says. Let me perceive and have the power to hear. Let me perceive what you're saying. Perceive it. Perception. And give me the power to hear. Uh, as a kid, um, I don't I remember as a kid, second grade, um, uh, I, I started having ear problems. I, I started not hearing good in the class. And, and, and the teacher was like, you know, uh, just like thinking that I was acting up, which I was. I was always messing around. But because you all know that, that's who I am. I'm, I'm a middle child. That's just the way it is. And, and uh, uh, but, but they found out, went to the doctor and found out that I had all this wax build up in my ears. And so they put me in thing, you know, put the hot water. I remember as a little kid over the sink, and all that stuff came out of my ears. And all of a sudden I was like, dear God, I can hear. I can hear. Give me the power to hear. It goes on to say, let, let me hear with attention and interest. Anybody, we just had our, we've got a son, I told you my 35-year-old, he lives in Vegas, and he's got two kids, a Madison and Major, seven and five. And, and Kimberly, God bless her heart. You know, we had the kids all, all, all Latin. That's why we took the week off, because we had the kids that whole week. How many know you have grandkids all week? You need a week off, baby. Come on, somebody. And so we were at Disneyland for two days, and dear God, get me out of Disney and Ducks and Mickey and all that mess. And we can't, but, but Kimberly, bless her heart, uh, five-year-old major, major, major's awesome, major's great, but, but how many know sometimes boys have a, have a shorter attention span? 
And so Kimberly would get major and she would get him by the cheeks and she would say, look at me. <laughs> and come on, anybody ever been there with your kids or grandkids and they kind of go, <laughs> I'm hearing, but you ain't got my attention. <laughs> Give me a hearing heart. Give me a listening heart. Let me hear with attention. I need to listen to this. I'm interested in this. It goes on to say, let me hear with the intention to listen and obey. Obey what I'm hearing. I've got to listen with already before I hear it, my heart says, yes. I open the Bible, yes. Yes. Whatever you say, yes. I, 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 I will talk about this, the yes that he can give you even in your own heart. And lastly, in this word, it says this, let, let me hear to proclaim to others what I've heard. How is God going to use me or use you to be a light and be salt and to bring change in Chula Vista or wherever you're at, at work or the community? How, how, how is that ever going to happen unless firstly, I myself am hearing the word of God so then I can proclaim it to other people so that their life can be free. Hearing the word of God has got to be a priority in your life. Listening to the written word of God, reading the word of God, memorizing the word of God, giving attention to the word of God. I know guys that they know all the stats already from, I know Tatis from San Diego is not playing, or they know, they, they know the batting averages. They, they, they know, they know the, the, the games that go. They, they know who won the Super Bowl in 1969. And I'm not saying that's useless information, but that's useless information. <laughs> Unless you make your living at it. You make your living at it, go ahead. Go ahead. Get on ESPN. Make sure you tie the church. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Just kidding, sort of. Uh, but let's get the Word of God in us. Let's read the Word of God. Let's pay attention to the Word of God. Let's start saying, the ear of my heart is directed to you. We'll unhook here today. Listen, you hear with your heart. You don't hear with your ears. Physically, yes. Spiritually, no. Your heart has got the ability to hear and perceive and know God. And from here, your spirit man. Jesus says, out of your belly, in John 7, will flow rivers of living water. From the center of your being, there is life. From and in the spirit of God, in your spirit, that will speak to you and direct you and lead you and guide you as you are committed to hearing and obeying the Word of God, the written Word of God. Come on, got a whole lot more notes. We're going to be having a great, great series this, this next several weeks. So trust that you come. Listen, God, let me pray with you before we unhook today. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father God, today I just pray for every person in the room that we are going to hear you 
we are going to know you. We are going to be directed to you. Father God, I pray that as we hear the word of God, that the word of God is going to speak to us. The word of God is going to counsel us. Father, I pray this week as everybody in the church online begins reading the word of God, that the voice of God is going to come loud and clear. Decisions that need to be made, direction that needs to be given as we're spending time in the word of God, the answers are going to come. The word of God is going to keep us and prevent us from living a life of bad experience. So Father God, today, we put our roots down in you, in Christ, the head of the church. From the head comes the voice. From the head comes the hearing. From the head comes everything the body needs. And we honor you. While your head's bowed, your eyes closed, it's been an amazing day. Maybe you came today with a friend or a family member concerning water baptism. We're so glad that you are here with us today. Maybe this is your first time with us. Maybe you're online listening. We never want to close a service without giving anyone the opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. Again, maybe you experienced something you never have today. You, you sense the, the Spirit of God. Maybe God talked to you during the message that you just said, I need, to, I need to make a change in my life. I need to have the same God that you guys are serving here today. Maybe you prayed that prayer before. Maybe you prayed as a child and you walked away, but you're, you're here today. And God's saying, I want you back in my family. My heart's been towards you. And your heart just needs to be directed toward him. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to change. You don't need to try to clean yourself up and come to God. That's religion. That's falsity. You can't do anything that would cause your life to be whole before God. He's a holy God. And he just says, come to me. And I'll begin working my perfect plan and purpose in your life. He just simply asks you to repent. Change your mind. Change your direction. Invite him into your life. So all over the room online as well. If you want to be included in the prayer, we're going to pray in just a couple seconds. I'm going to count to three and just ask you to raise your hand. And by you raising your hand, you're just saying, you know, Pastor Gary, include me in that prayer. Include me in that prayer. And we're going to pray. And come on, you've got to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. So all over the room, you want to be included in that prayer. This is your time to raise your hand. Come on, one, two, three, all over the room. Awesome. One, two, three. Awesome. Awesome. Three hands over here. Awesome. Four. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Five hands. Awesome. Phenomenal. Awesome. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your obedience. Come on, all over the room. Six hands. Thank you. All over the room. Come on, God's restoring people. Come on, everybody, church. God's restoring people today. Yeah. So we said we're going to pray. Here's what we do. We pray out loud. You won't be praying by yourself. But prayer is voice, is words to God. Someone leads you in a prayer. All over the congregation, you help us, but you that raised your hand and you online as well, say this out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I recognize my need. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord 
be my savior forever and ever. I repent. I change my mind and I change my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, our custom is we stand and we clap real big, just like we did in water baptism. Come on, change lives. Come on, everybody. Come on, we can clap a little bit bigger.